Hello and welcome back to Weathering the Storm, the podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and uh, excited to be back with you. Uh, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to spend some time with me today as we uh, study the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to Nehemiah chapter 4, and we're going to look at verses 7 and 8. Uh, we are making our way through this text, and we are in the midst of a small five-part series on Satan's devices as seen in the book of Nehemiah. We've noticed how uh, Satan's devices were on display through Samballat, Gershon, and Tobiah, and others who were opposing the work that was going on. And of course, we've noticed the first two devices are the device of opposition and the device of ridicule. And now as we come to part three in our study, we're going to notice the device of intimidation. The idea of intimidation is to uh, call someone to do something that, that they know they shouldn't be doing, they know is wrong, they know it could possibly hurt them or cause them harm, but you're intimidating them. You're making them feel like they've got to do something they shouldn't be doing. And so that's something that we think about here and when it comes to Satan's devices, of course, in the work of Nehemiah and, and rebuilding the wall, there was a lot of intimidation. Intimidation factor was very real. And today in our world, in our society, this, this cancel culture and the things that are going on, it's as if the, the uh, agenda on the other side, the wicked side, is looking at you know, everything that's good and morally right and saying, we're intimidated, we're gonna, you know, you're going to be written up or you're going to be canceled or you're going to be fined or, or whatever. Well, that shouldn't stop us from doing what is right. You know, we're not out there looking for um, a fight. We're not looking to, you know, derail whatever. It's not about us is the point I'm trying to make. It's not that we have some kind of hidden agenda. You know, as Christians, we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. That, that's our agenda. That's our work. And so we must not be intimidated by sin and by the sinful society around us. That shouldn't intimidate us. We should stay firm and grounded in doing what we need to be doing. That's exactly what happened with Nehemiah and others, as we're going to notice in our text today. But again, we're going to think about Satan's devices, the device of intimidation. Before we dive into this study, let's say a quick word about the Scattered Abroad Network. Appreciate so much all the encouragement and the support that we've gotten. And uh, if you haven't already, we encourage you to subscribe to our master feed so you can get access to content every day. Uh, to go visit our website, scatterbroad.org. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram, our YouTube channel, which is available. And you can also email us if you have any questions, concerns, thoughts, ideas for an episode or a show, whatever the case may be. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, the Scattered Broad Network at gmail.com. So again, thank you for listening today. I hope that this study, this series, this, this podcast will help you and is helping you to draw closer to God. As we think about this device of Satan, the device of intimidation, we make our way back to Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Remember that the wall is, is being rebuilt. Everybody's excited about it. There's a lot of uh, opposition, a lot of uh, ridiculing going on that we've already noticed in the first two parts of this series. 
But Nehemiah went to God in prayer and said, We are despised. Be with us and help us. So verse 6 says, We built the wall. The entire wall was joined together up to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. So everything's going good. But then here comes the intimidation. And let's, let's focus on this language found in verses 7 and 8. Now it happened when Sembalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed, they became very angry. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Now, there's a lot of different ideas on this idea of attack Jerusalem. Could it be that they, you know, hey, they're rebuilding the wall. Let's, why don't, let's just go and destroy them. Let's go and take them down and, and make them start from scratch. It's not beyond the realm of possibility of what they were wanting to do. They wanted to create confusion. They wanted to intimidate the people who were doing the work. So let's go attack Jerusalem. Let's go create confusion. Let's intimidate them, and maybe that'll stop all the progress. That is how Satan operates. Intimidation. I mentioned this a moment ago in our introductory comments that there are those in our world today and in society that try to intimidate you know, godly people from speaking up and speaking out against sin. And, and calling it different words and different terms. And, you know, instead of just saying, no, this is sin, this is wrong. You know, it's as if you say that, then, then you're, you're just absolutely ridiculed for it and intimidated to not say anything. There's a time and a place um, where silence is golden. But there's also a time and a place where we need to speak up and speak out against what is wrong and what is sinful. Because we have that responsibility as Christians. Here we think about Nehemiah who, who had to listen to all this, and he knew the anger. He knew the idea of what was happening. And in verse 9, what he did was he showed great wisdom. We brought this out a few episodes ago, that they made their prayer to God and set a watch against them day and night. You know, here's the intimidation. And it wasn't that, that Nehemiah was intimidated, but he was aware. He was aware of what they were trying to do and said, okay, we know you're trying to come attack us. We know you're trying to confuse us. We know that you don't like that we're rebuilding the wall. But that's not going to stop us from continuing to do this because this is a work of God. And this is what he would have us to do. And if you want to keep that up, then okay, understand that we're going to have guards and we're going to be watching it and we're going to keep working. So I love I love the leadership of, of Nehemiah and his mindset. And I think that's something that you know, we can apply today because there is this intimidation factor uh, all around us. But let's remember that we don't have to be intimidated. Like Nehemiah, we can go to God in prayer and find strength. We can go to God's Word and we can be uh, solidified in our faith and make sure that this device of intimidation doesn't derail us or stop us from doing the work of God. Doing a word study on intimidation, I came across a passage in the New Testament using this word intimidate, and it's found in Luke chapter 3 and verse 14 in the New King James Version. It says, the soldiers asked him, saying, what shall we do? This is when Jesus, of course, is teaching about how people are to, to change, really, really radically change the way that they think and the way that they do things. 
So he said to them, do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely and be content with your wages. Do not intimidate. Don't don't force them to do things. See, the soldiers, especially the Roman soldiers with the Jews, they would use that intimidation factor all the time. And so he says, don't intimidate anyone. Don't accuse falsely. This word intimidate in the Greek language means to extort or to shake someone with violent energy. What a word picture that is. To shake someone with violent energy. It's as if you pick them up and you shake them really hard and you're not going to do this or try to stop somebody from doing something. That is the word picture of intimidation. And Satan, through his influence, tries to use this device of intimidation to, for lack of a better word, a better phrase, to shut Christians up. Would you agree with me that that's what the media is doing today? Trying to shut Christians up? You know, take God out of the schools and allow the, the drag queens and allow all the, the, the things that are going on in the retail stores right now. Just I mean, it's just absolutely unbelievable. And yet at the same time, it is believable. Because the majority of society simply does not care what God has to say. They're willfully ignorant of... God's word. And the point for us as Christians is we must not be willfully ignorant of Satan's devices, which is why we're spending time in this series because it's that important. Whether it's opposition or ridicule or now as we come to intimidation, we must not be intimidated. There's there's no need for a child of God to feel intimidated by Satan. And I want to give you two reasons why and give you some supporting passages. And we'll close out this episode for today because really I wanted to emphasize that point there in Nehemiah 4, 7, and 8, that intimidation is certainly a device that is found in the book. The first point is this. Satan is limited by God. Satan is limited by God. Satan is not omnipotent. He's not all-powerful. He's not divine. He's not omniscient. He's not. You know, he was created. He's a created being, and he is limited by God. It's as if you, you have a a pit bull that, you know, hasn't been loved and hasn't been trained properly, hasn't been and raised and brought up in a good environment, and it's just mean and ready to fight. Well, that pit bull can do a lot of damage, but if the master puts the chain on the on the pit bull, then he can only go so far. Put a leash, if you will. And that's the idea with, with Satan. He he is He's on a chain. He's limited by God. Uh, and if you never doubted that, read jo- Job chapters 1 and 2. You know, Job was trying to intimidate, or Satan, rather, was trying to intimidate Job. And he wanted to take him out. But God permitted it. He allowed it to happen, meaning that Satan didn't have the power to override God. He didn't. He said, okay can take this, but you spare his life. You know, Satan was was so active uh, in, in all the destruction that happened with Job. You know, his children dying, his, his health declining, his wife saying, curse God and die. You know, that was all Satan's devising. That wasn't from God. But God allowed that to happen. And, and the point that is brought out is that Satan is limited by God. 
Again, we go back to James chapter 4. We brought it out last episode. If you resist the devil, he will flee from you. He, he will. He'll, he'll be gone. You do not have to give in to Satan's devices. You do not have to be intimidated. Because a Satan is limited by God. Number two, God is limitless in power. Satan is limited by God, and God is limitless in power. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Ephesians 3.20 That that verse is, is amazing to me. Exceedingly, abundantly, above. Why not just say he can do more than you ask? It's to emphasize that language. It's to emphasize the power, the limitless power that God has. You know, the same one that said, let there be light, is the same power and the same God who can help you get through your trials and tribulations. So Satan is limited by God, while God is limitless in power. Jesus, when talking to his disciples, said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. And we might add, you'll have intimidation from Satan's devices. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. John 16, 33. We can be of good cheer because Jesus has overcome. And we can overcome because Jesus has already overcome. And so Satan doesn't have that power. Jesus says, I've beheld Satan like lightning from the sky. Amazing to consider the great power that Jesus has and the fact that, that we don't have to be intimidated. Of course, in Romans chapter 8, 31 through 37, what then shall we say to these things? God is for us who can be against us. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation? Distress? Persecution? Famine? Nakedness? Peril? Sword? Let's add these three devices from Satan. Opposition? Ridicule? Intimidation? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors. We can overcome because we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. We know that he uses, through his influence, the device of ridicule, the device of opposition, and the device of intimidation. But we don't have to yield to that. We don't have to bow to that. Because we yield and bow to the God of heaven, who is all-powerful. Nehemiah learned of these devices, and he knew what his enemies were all about. And he was able to weather this storm of intimidation and to keep doing the work and to in- encourage the others around him to keep doing the work. Let's close out with First John 4, 4. What a beautiful text. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Greater 
is he that is in you than he who is in the world. This is such a powerful text in connecting it with Nehemiah. Yes, Satan's influence and his devices are clearly seen throughout the book. There's opposition on every hand, every turn. But Nehemiah knew that God was with him, that God would strengthen him and be with him as he carried out this task. You and I, as we face the storms of life, we can have that same assurance. Greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. Yes, Satan is the God of this world. Yes, he is powerful in the sense that his his influence is powerful. And we must not be ignorant of that and must not underestimate his influence. But we must also not be intimidated. But let's be encouraged by the fact that God will be with us as we continue to serve Him and do His will. Thank you for listening to part three of this series of Satan's Devices. We're going to continue our study next week, Lord willing, as we come to part four, as we think about the device of compromise. Uh, Certainly this was seen in the days of Nehemiah and the words that's going on, and it is seen today, no doubt about it. So looking forward to that study with you. I hope that you're able to glean much from this series and from this season. And I thank you so much for listening. I hope to be back with you next week. May God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.